Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. A franchise like this has got to get lucky once in a, once in a millennium. We had mm-hmm. our chance, and uh, we had a chance to draft two generational quarterbacks, and we picked the other one. So I don't see anything going to change. Yeah, maybe we'll bring in another person. And I know you can't fire ownership. All I'm just trying to tell everybody is just get ready for more of this because it's not going to get any better. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the Vikings aren't playing in the playoffs, but (laughs) the Bears aren't anymore, too. Hey, out. So uh, we'll take out our own frustrations on a division rival, Bears Vetline, part of Purple Daily today. And uh, we'll also take notes on behalf of the Vikings from things we noticed this weekend. But let's cheers a can of Corona hard seltzer here, Declan Goff. What's going on with you? Yeah, playoffs or no playoffs, I'm always drinking my Corona hard seltzer. In fact, I met a person over the weekend who works for Constellation Brands of Corona hard seltzer. With small world, what are the odds of that? She was a very nice person. We taught Corona Hard Seltzer, maybe even cheers a Corona Hard Seltzer. It was a great Don't tick her off. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I did not. <laughs> Good. I didn't. We don't need to lose them because of I you. I did not. I don't think upset here. But this Definitely, month, I feel like yeah. you're taking the, uh, the spokesman of Corona Hard Seltzer to new levels I am. here. <laughs> I am. People, people now, I did. A, it was an outdoor sledding event, and people were like, oh, look who it is. It's Mr. Corona Hard Seltzer. And I was like, I, I have a brand now. So Corona, Corona uh, hard, hard seltzer, seltzer. Uh, hands. Edward, Edward, they Edward, Edward uh, forty hands. Ed, Edward Corona hands. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's the oh. only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach Fives, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona hard seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, ninety calories, and is gluten free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer Spike Sparkling Water with Natural Flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You held them to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? How do you respect some of the dummies? That are in charge. I mean, since Lovey left, so see, again, the guy wins 10 games. Oh, that's terrible. We got to get rid of Lovey after he wins 10 games. Get rid of him. Let's bring in, you know, geniuses like Phil Emery and, and John Fox and Mark Tressman. Complete dummies. Oh, now we got Ron Pace and 
Matt Nagy. Again, tell me. And welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing. And uh, yeah, the Vikings, not part of the playoff bracket, the expanded playoff bracket. So we can't really uh, celebrate anything the Vikings are doing right now. The next best thing we can do is make fun of the division rivals that are failing and falling on their asses, like the Chicago Bears. This, gentlemen, is Bears Ventline, courtesy of our friends on The Score and ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Why is it so difficult for the, uh, the tr- what I call the Trubisky truthers and the neophytes not to understand that this is a flawed quarterback? Who has a flawed GM with a uh, what I call a uh, a head coach that is an overachiever? You know if that gets you two seasons at eight and eight. Okay, and basically they have absolutely zero chance. The defense was very solid. I give them a lot of credit considering all the injuries. But if the Bears don't have a defense that scores and basically a running attack, Trubisky's flawed. He's never going to be or beat Aaron Rodgers, who's the standard. The net effect in my final bottom line is. Until they make what I call the critical decision to get rid of the those three people, the GM, the head coach, and Trubisky, <laughs> the Bears will never compete in our division. I love the vitriol. I love the post-game vitriol. Yep. That's hilarious. Let's hear what uh, Brad and Gardner has to say. I think you bring Mitch back because i I rather go with Mitch than Foles, hmm. and I know you have the guaranteed money, and I know that he's going to be there. But I, I rather play with Mitch. And that that Good. that sound you hear are Vikings fans all across the yes. country saying yes. Yeah, keep everybody. That's a great call. Keep everyone in Chicago. That's absolutely fine. Yes, uh, boy. I know that we sit here and it's a glass house because the Vikings uh, have never won a Super Bowl. The Bears have. The Vikings were not part of this year's playoffs. The Bears were. But it is hilarious to see what's happening with them. To see Matt Nagy call for a punt down by 18 points in the fourth quarter, waving the white flag. Mitch Trubisky, with his career as a starting quarterback on the line, the game is in, I mean, they were going to lose anyways, but like, you got to convert a first down, fourth and four, and he runs out of bounds like two yards before the sticks instead of fighting for, you know, every last inch. Like, it is pretty funny. I'm conflicted here because of this. All right? The triple header on Saturday and then Sunday. I loved. Like, wall-to-wall football is great. And the AFC actually pulled off the whole thing and was, you know, pretty damn good. Where I'm conflicted about the additional seed, which now creates the additional game per day, is the Bears. Okay? Like, I liked having three games per day, but when you're watching, and the entire National Football Conference is sketchy. But, like, when you're watching the Bears play the Saints, you're also thinking to yourself, really? This is a playoff game? Like, that's a playoff team? So I'm a bit conflicted here. I love the format, but it's like you get to seven seeds, it's always going to be incredibly dicey. And keep in mind, too, Washington was a three seed. Right, and I I get that. So I'm torn. I get that, that that there wasn't necessarily uh, enough quality teams in the NFC. stunt, yes. I get it. But in the AFC, the seven seed Browns got out to a 28-point lead on the Steelers, 
And that 7-9 and nine Washington team you mentioned put up a good fight. Like That was an entertaining game. We'll talk about Taylor Heineke, former Viking backup quarterback. So, like, it was, but that's where I'm sort of torn. Overall, like, even with a seventh team, the seventh seed in the NFL has a better chance of beating a two seed in the NFL than, like, an eight seed in the NBA against mm-hmm. a one seed in a series. I'm just telling you, that's where I was a bit torn in watching Trubisky try and matriculate the football down the field, and for the most part, having no chance. That was gonna. That was just a, a pure comedy play for me. Like, we <laughs> knew the outcome of that game, and we knew Mitch Trubisky was probably going to wilt, and Matt Nagy was going to have Bears fans turn on him again after the... So, like, the false positive so will there be in changes? December. Will, will they make, despite the fact that they made a playoff game, after that game, which really brought up a lot of the questions that dogged the Bears after their good start, are they going to make changes? I can never tell. I think, They're weird. I think the Bears want to avoid being, like, the Bears have had a lot of turnover, and they've had a lot of dysfunction, and they've had a revolving door of quarterbacks. But they've been able to be a lot more competitive than some of the other franchises that do the same things. Like the Jets, the Lions, the Browns. Like there's all these franchises that are revolving door. Jaguars, uh, fire everybody franchises. The Bears have been closer to that category than like the stability category that the Steelers are in. Um, And so it's kind of amazing that the Bears have put together eight and eight teams and division winning teams as often as they have without that stability. So I think they want that stability, so I would be shocked if they fired everybody. But I would also be shocked if they didn't make a change at either GM, coach, or quarterback. <laughs> yes, and if I, you're a Vikings fan, you should be praying that Mitch Trubisky comes back on a one-year contract. I got it. <laughs> he might, too. He shouldn't, though. My God. I, I mean, at, at what point in time do you bite the bullet and say, we screwed the pooch here, it's our fault, but we cannot watch this garbage for one more week? <laughs> Foles can see the whole field. He can read defenses. I don't know how many times they said that Trubisky was only looking at two receivers on one side of the field. So we limit ourselves. I know we've been on a good roll, but once again, we're not playing the 32nd, 31st ring defense. Okay, we're playing big-time football, so we need to have the big-time quarterback in I know we need a quarterback, but please tell me, Hub, that if Ryan Pace is kept around another year, I don't even want to see him draft a quarterback in the second or third round because I don't think the guy is capable. Well, who, who knows if Mitch even wants to come back to this team? He, I mean, he's a free agent. I, uh, who knows? He might want to change for himself. You know, they, they turn his back sure. on him. He might say, see you later. Go somewhere else. Yeah, that's oh, no. He <laughs> yeah, might walk sure. out the door. I love the host. Mitch, yeah, don't maybe. go. Mitch, don't go. You know, if, I, if there's one word I can think of after Mitch Trubisky's performance this weekend, it's options. That guy is a man with options going into the offseason, baby. Dude, so. Who are these people? <laughs> like, who is that guy? What are I know. And I know that. I He's know that. Bears fan. He watches games. This is a glass house. We get it. Eminem in Eight Mile. Mm. I know all the things you've got to say against me. Like we get it, right? But Kirk but. is not that guy. No, like, no, no. Like Kirk, Kirk no. has his own. The Bears would be lucky to have Kirk Cousins. Absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, this guy has no chance. Yeah. So that's Bears vent line, courtesy of although, our friends. Although the the deep ball that was perfectly thrown that went through the receiver's hands Dude. was incredible. I think that's the wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in the wasn't there. It was Bears and Saints earlier this year, and he just like flat out walked up to one of their defensive backs and just like punched him in the face yeah. in the middle of the field. <laughs> yeah, he got spent like two games. Yeah, like that guy. But how does that ball go right through? It's that was just glorious. It's to very, see. It was very Troy Williams. It was indeed. Yeah.
And then he just kind of turned around and like jogged back to the huddle. Like, yeah, he didn't look that <laughs> upset. He's like, uh, wow, did I just drop that? Sorry about that, yeah. guys. Let's go. I've been recording Hot. all day. I'm just going to break. He's going to peace out here. Yep. All right. So nice job, Chicago Bears. That was great. If you want uh, even more Bears Vent Line, Mackie and Judd podcast, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. So check that out. Couple things here on Purple Daily today. We're going to get to Mock Draft Monday. We found a 5.0 mock from Fox Sports. Jason McIntyre. They're already up to 5.0. What? Yeah. Good for them. Why They're would way you be... ahead of Kuiper and McShay. When did he start? Draft Twitter never sleeps, man. But did he like start in October or something? Yeah, of 2019. Draft been... Twitter and like draft people are one of the most interesting people in all of media to me. You can use that word. I'll use uh I'd say that. Are you disrespecting the draft Twitter? No, I think they're completely oily hips. Psychotic and weird. Great, great feet. Like, who does this? Dude, a 5.0. He's he's got this thing honed. Yeah. He's got this thing honed. To be clear, I I admire watching film and breaking film down. But, like, if your life is trying to project where guys are going to, to be drafted, which I understand can be lucrative, so good for you. That's just flat out weird. I find it fascinating. If I point out, I love that. it. I wish I was one of them. Like if if you're telling me you Wait. could trade lives with Mel Kiper over the last thirty years, oh. I would trade lives with Mel Kiper for sure. So I love my life, li- but you would like to be a mock drafter. Mel Kiper probably makes like millions of dollars just putting okay, together mock drafts. Okay, let's say you're not Mel Kiper, but let's say you are successful and and can get by on what you make from doing mock drafts. So I'm like would Randy and choose- Cottage Grove, is what you're saying. Would yeah. you choose that life? If I can make a living as a mock drafter, yeah, that's what I'm asking. But not Kuiper, so you're not. Well, you're I not guess rich. currently I make a living talking about mock drafters. So right, I, but I you're taking like their mock drafts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, make me an offer. <laughs> I'm listening. I got. I I'm would, here for it. I would have no interest in doing mock drafts. So we'll we'll do mock draft Monday. But I want to spend some time here with you guys. So many things happened on the field and off the field over the weekend that I think we should just sort of collect all of these things whether it was Kevin Stefanski or the Deshaun Watson uh, reports being advanced. Sure. If the Vikings were taking notes this weekend, what should they have been taking notes on? Oh, I like this. All right. I like this. And I would like to start by just painting an alternate reality for you guys. Yeah. Alternate reality for you guys. As you watched, well, I'll just, I'll paint it and then I'll get there. So the Vikings, let's say instead of beating the Saints in the playoffs last year, let's say they lose to the Saints, all right? Mm-hmm. And all of those rumors going into that game about the Dallas Cowboys being interested in Mike Zimmer, let's say the Vikings lose to the Saints and they either trade Mike Zimmer to the Cowboys or they just flat out move on from him, mm-hmm. which I can we agree that that was probably the likely scenario if they didn't win that playoff game? Yes, they. I think that they would have been a coaching table, change. Yeah. Yes, yep. I think he would have been out. And they might have been able to get like a fifth round. I don't know. But let's just say he's gone. But something. he's gone. Right. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski probably takes over as head coach. Yes. The Wolves like stability. They they want to be like giant Steelers, stable franchise. People in the building Promote loved the him. guy from within. He was well-liked. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I my guess is there were probably some discussions even after they won that playoff game. Man, this guy's getting some interviews. The Browns love him. How much do we love him? Mm-hmm. We saw this happen with Mike Tomlin back in 2007. I'm sure that was a discussion. But let's say Stefanski takes over as coach. The Vikings probably don't extend Kirk Cousins at that point. They probably say, all right, it'd be nice to clear some cap room here, but... You know, with, with Stefanski taking over, let's enter a make-or-break final season with Kirk. Stefanski then can choose his own adventure. 
if they want to extend Kirk or draft somebody afterwards. And then they would have entered into this offseason with Kevin Stefanski as the head coach and the freedom to pursue Kirk again or a draft quarterback Mm -hmm. or, I don't know, a borderline top three, top five future MVP, mobile, explosive, dynamic quarterback, Deshaun Watson that's sitting out there. Yes. Yeah, throw that out there. Yes. Which of those two things, the ability to choose your own adventure at quarterback, including Kirk, if you know, because you could still resign him, Deshaun or a draft pick quarterback, that or Kevin Stefanski being the Vikings head coach, which one of those things appeals to you most? Um, now, in retrospect with hindsight completely available to me Stefanski being coach does because I think he is really well liked I look I I keep coming back to this when it comes to Mike and I firmly believe it to be true Mike did a really good job for a long period of time but unless your name is Bill Belichick in this era of football you have a shelf life and Mike is a hard-driving, defensive-minded, I would say 100% old-school coach, right? Stefanski is new age. Stefanski embraces things that Mike does not, that make Mike bristle. Um, so just from a leadership standpoint of what a fresh voice and a fresh face and a fresh set of eyes from a personnel perspective would have brought, it's the it, it's Stefanski, without a doubt. Um, because I, I think the window is closed as far as what the realistic possibility of winning a Super Bowl, which, again, is the goal of the show, right? It's not to be good. It's to win a Super Bowl, which this organization, expansion franchise in 1961, has never done. So I'm not going to start with the quarterback. I'm going to start with what I think the coach would have done. And, and I also think that there is a really good case to be made not only for on-the-field purposes, but personnel decisions as well, that I would much rather have a coach in 2021 who's going to skew towards I know offense. Doesn't mean he's going to ignore defense, but it also does not mean that his life's work is not going to be to sit in a dark room all spring and summer (laughs) and break down what quarterbacks do so I can stop those SOBs. I'd much prefer a coach who says, Hold on a second here. I like Kirk, but Deshaun Watson, are you kidding me? Do you know? And, you know, to come out to Rick Spielman with probably a notebook full of ideas of what Deshaun could do, which Mike is not going to do, Stefanski would. So the Kevin Stefanski thing, I I think that there's a chance with the way that this is skewing, guys, that within the next three years or so, we look back on the Saints playoff win as potentially one of the more counterproductive things in this franchise's recent history. It's yeah, it's it's another it's Not another like feather. In, it's another feather in the cap of good being the enemy of great, yep. right? Like, all right, you want a playoff game. That's and that's great. Like, well, it's good. You, you want the Vikings to win playoff games, but it was sort of down a dead end street. Which one of those things appeals most to you, Declan? The freedom if this had played out differently to just choose your quarterback going into next year or Kevin Stefanski being the Vikings head coach? Well, I, I am very impressed with what Stefanski did because I didn't think he'd be able to do it in Cleveland. I thought he was just propped up with good in infrastructure. In one year. In one year. And he, look, I know there's guys that are lifers. Mike Zimmer was a lifer. Mike Zimmer spent, what, 20 years as basically an assistant coach mm-hmm. or coordinator before he finally got his gig. Kevin Stefanski, a little bit of the same situation. And 
number one, I wasn't a big fan of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I just I didn't buy into him. I still think he's a game manager, and I still think Kevin Stefanski deserves, deserves props for putting him in the best possible situation. He feels more like Jared Goff than he feels like Aaron Rodgers right. to me. Like he's being schemed up a little bit. And I don't think you should put the ball in Baker's hands to win the game. And Baker... I don't think has had showed the body work that he can do that. But if you can build up good running backs and you have a good wide receiver and you have an unbelievable offensive line, which is what the Browns had throughout the regular season, then you can get by with a game managing quarterback like a Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff. I will say I'd rather have the option to choose my own quarterback. I'd rather have the option to choose my own QB because if I have the option to either start over and draft fresh in 2020 and or make a move to get Deshaun Watson this year or acquire him, I'm more interested in that than I am than having Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. That's where I would go. Boy, um, it's tough though. I mean, the, the correct answer is probably it would be great to have both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Stefanski knows QBs, so he he could see. I I don't trust this. I don't trust Rick and Mike. But if you give me an offensive coach, head coach, I trust him if he's good to guide me down the right path to get the QB I need. Yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, like, Stefanski's going to have to prove it beyond just one year, too. I mean, this is an amazing year. But you know, it's the right idea. But he has done for the Browns, and he has made those fans feel joy that they haven't felt in, like, 30 years. Which I is mean, sad. It's to overcome all of that history and ineptitude and bad ownership and revolving door of front office and coaches and quarterbacks, like, to just to just bring it to a stable ground point. And it doesn't it doesn't feel super fluky. It doesn't feel like they certainly didn't take advantage of a weak division. I mean, the the Steelers. Um, I think we're seeing the erosion of Ben Roethlisberger, but the Steelers have been a model franchise for a long time. And the Ravens. I mean, it wasn't like they walked in and just uh, there's three trash teams and they built their record uh, just you know beating a bunch of New York Jets caliber teams. So I guess my answer is. I think Kevin Stefanski, just like Mike Tomlin was 13 years ago, I think we're going to look at him as the one that got away. I understand how difficult of a decision it is when you're sitting on a coach that you think is good and has experience as an assistant. Like in Brad Childress's case, they only had one year of Childress, and it was just a lot harder to say, "Yeah, you weren't going to piece out." We're going to move off Childress for Tomlin, right? Um, yeah, I think they were they were sort of caught off guard and shocked that Tomlin got that job because like a lot of people were saying he was the Rooney Rule interview, right? Oh, he was too. Well, we're gonna he just gonna bring him. him in because he's black and we have to. Like that's what the word was. He knocked their socks off in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and he's been one of the great head coaches. Like there's Bill Belichick and there's the next tier, and he's in that next tier over the past 15 years. With Mike Zimmer, it wasn't like he was in year two and you had this hot shot. It isn't like you had six years of Zimmer. And you had to make a choice, and it's it will sit a lot differently, I think, with fans and media if the Vikings let Kevin Stefanski go when they could have made him the head coach mm-hmm. than it would have thirteen years. Like it's more, it's easier to justify. Well, we had to keep Childress. We were one year into the deal, and like he was building something than this. I'm sort of like Declan though, in that if you can nail your franchise quarterback, you can maybe whiff on a coach and then find the next coach. But who's like, going to do that though? Like who who with this team? Right now, the Vikings is going to get this right. That's my question. Well, and th- and that's the thing. Like I honestly, I know that people, some people are listening to this, or or like you've you've seen our uh, Deshaun Watson videos on Mackie and Judd and uh, and Purple Daily YouTube from last week, and you're like, you guys, that's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream only because the Vikings have settled into being comfortable with good. They're comfortable with good at quarterback. They're comfortable with good at coach with GM. But if they really wanted to be great and be a Super Bowl champion, 
I think it is an absolute necessity to pick up the phone and have a real meaningful discussion with the Houston Texans about this Chris Mortensen. I mean, Chris Mortensen is like live update reporting. Yeah, he's like sitting with Deshaun right. Watson's agent. How disgruntled Deshaun yeah. Watson is. And Deshaun Watson is like mapping out a trade but, behind the scenes to Miami. Like, get in that conversation prob- if you want to be great and win a Super Bowl. The problem is that your GM and coach right now have got contract extensions that scream be good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so both of those guys have three-year contracts now, extensions that are going to start in 2021, right? So instead of instead of saying, let's go outside the box to build something here to get the pieces in place, they're saying, well, in our mind, the pieces are in place. And I think they both probably think that if they make the playoffs in 2021, they won't get fired. So, like, the they're not incentivized to do what we're talking about. And and again, if you punt on Kirk, that's Spielman saying it didn't work. Back to Purple Daily shortly here. Quick tip of the cap to Federated Insurance. As a business owner out there, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Well, that's why Federated Mutual Insurance Company recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Do your employees, for instance, use ladders? Well, how could a, f- a fall impact an employee's livelihood? Not good. It's a risk. What about company vehicles? Do you have a driving policy in place? How would an accident caused by one of your drivers affect you, your employees, your community, your businesses? Another risk. You want to make sure that you're covered. My Shield has resources to help your business with all of these things, communication, risk management plans, you name it. And you can find out more by going to federatedinsurance.com and clicking on the My Shield link or download the My Shield app. If not, if you haven't already uh, dove into those things, you can just call Federated Insurance and uh, talk to a marketing representative today. Remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. You brought up something in Kirk's mind, or in in. The Wilfs mind. But see, like, that's the or thing. Or like, in Rick's mind, when, too. When Andy Reid and the Chiefs front office punted on Alex I'm Smith. I'm with you. I know. For for uh, Pat Mahomes, they weren't admitting failure. It was it, They're building blocks. And you said it best on Mackie and Judd, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. That's our other show you can check out. When, when you went down this path and it was like, okay, if you run it back in 2021 and you get some defenders healthy and that defense goes from like 27th back up into the top 15, maybe the top 10 because of Daniel Hunter and Michael Pierce, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you're hoping that you run it back with the offense with a better left guard. That's not named Dakota Dozier that you can get back in this thing. And I think those things added up, make you good and make you a playoff team. Again, they make you a 10 and six team again. And that's a, that's a good step in the right direction. It's a very familiar step for this franchise to be 10 and 6 and good and maybe win a playoff game. Right. But if you run it back with all those things and you find a way to trade Kirk Cousins somewhere for a fifth round pick, San Francisco, there's a bunch of teams that are San Francisco is the one that we keep bringing up because of uh because of the documented love of Kyle Shanahan for Kirk Cousins. This is calculus and it's not easy and this is a fantasy football trade that we are putting together in real life here, but if you can run it back and move Kirk out and Deshaun Watson in, even if it costs you multiple first round picks, that's the difference between being good and ten and six and winning a division or a wild card game and maybe winning a Super Bowl, which is the mission of this show. But the problem then is is 
I, I don't think that your head coach can have, be one who thinks defense first. You and know what? That's if, if they get to Sean Watson and they have you know a capable coordinator that they believe in, I would probably go away from Clint Kubiak. I would probably bring in somebody that like whether it's Anthony I'd ask Lynn, Sean, who do you want? Sure, and he might you know he might have opinions on that. Um, but then Mike Zimmer can focus on getting that defense ready to rock and roll, and I would feel more comfortable with it. And, and they yeah. would have to they would have to definitely allow Deshaun to think, do more throwing than they have allowed Kirk in the last couple of years. I I think that their goal, unfortunately, is going to be to get back to good. I really do. And they'll and they will say if our defense can kick butt like we think it can, we could potentially be great. But that goes back to the uh, discussion that we've had a bunch of times during the course of the season, which is, can you really get all 11 parts of that defense to be great? And the answer ordinarily is it's very difficult. What are some other things that the Vikings should have been taking notes on? Okay, I got one that's offensive related as well. And we saw it yesterday in Titans, um, Ravens, and me. It again spells that the formula that is being worked on at TCO Performance Center offensively does not work. I would argue that the Titans have damn near perfected what the Vikings want to do offensively. Tannehill, better than Cousins, he's not great, but I would say that if I gave you the choice right now, Tannehill or Cousins, you take Tannehill. Henry... Not necessarily better than Cook, but he's the bell cow who can carry it 500 times a game, and and he's fine just chugging along, right? The receivers aren't as good, but they're used the same way that the Vikings do. When the Vikings watched that game on Sunday, I think that they are looking in an offensive mirror and seeing basically what they want to do back. And I would say, look at the result. And the Titans and Vikes to me right now are very similar in the fact that they're really good teams, ordinarily, but they're not great. And I don't think either one has a snowball's chance in hell of winning a Super Bowl. So I would say that the Vikings should look at the Titans and say, that is damn near as close to the perfection offensively as we think that we can possibly get. And it's scheme as well. So it's scheme and and the Titans are done. Yeah, and then... It just leaves you with so little room for error, right? Like if you if you don't go for it on a fourth down where you should have, and that's a rip on Mike Vrabel from from yesterday. Or if you you know turn the ball over in a spot, you just don't like Ryan Tannehill is really good within the framework of what they are doing. Yes, and he's even I, I would even argue he's been one of the better late game fourth quarter comeback quarterbacks. Like you look at some of his stats late he's in good. games, he's really good. He's definitely a good quarterback. And then you look at his opponent. Who doesn't maybe throw the ball as well in certain but areas? Lamar but he can Jackson just run can for a hundred yards. <laughs> like Lamar Jackson can immediately yeah. undo you. Oh, we need a first down here to ice the game. Cool, I'll run for thirty. Yeah, like I'll score a touchdown. Game over. Um, another thing I think the Vikings should be taking notes on, not necessarily on the field from this last weekend, but on Twitter. Take notes on Everson Griffin's Twitter account. He said a bunch of interesting things replying to fans and questions over the weekend. And he's back in Minnesota. I think he still has a place in Minnesota. And he put a video up last week driving by the Vikings practice facility. And he did defend Mike Zimmer in a tweet. Somebody said something about like firing Zim. And he said firing Zimmer would be a stupid-ass decision or something. So he's a big Zimmer fan still. But um, then he tweeted this. And it was deleted. But somebody brought up Kirk Cousins. And he replied, Kirk Cousins is ass. Thank you, 
and followed up with replies saying, ask Zimmer if he wanted Kirk. He will tell you the truth. Who wanted Kirk Cousins? Take your guess. And I think he's referring to Rick Spielman in the yeah. front office in that spot, right? Definitely. And then those tweets got deleted. He later tweeted out, I'm sorry for posting that about Kirk. <laughs> it's not right for me to call people out. I apologize for hurting him. I'm very grateful and thankful. Did Kirk call him? I don't know. Bro, what's up, man? I'm really hurt by what I you don't tweeted. Think he talked to him. I don't know. But if a couple things here. All right. Number one, Everson Griffin actually had a pretty good season in terms of like pressures per snaps last year. There's still some gas in the tank there. You're not here. I don't know if you can tweet those things about the most high profile player on the on the team no. and then bring him in as a free agent. So he might have just burned his bridge. I would agree with to that. To the Vikings there. So they should be they that. should be taking notes on Twitter. But that but that further confirms the the, the Zim quote at the combine. The month before they signed Kirk in 2018, it further confirms what Mike talked about in you, you got to be careful if you invest a lot in a quarterback because that takes away from investing in the pieces to the puzzle that I need. Like that, that confirms what we knew, which is there is no doubt in my mind that there was never a second where Mike said, yeah, this Kirk Cousins thing's a great idea. Yeah, he was, It was brought to him and they said, you didn't like Case, we will get you the best possible quarterback on the market that we can, and they did at the time. But if you look at what the Zimmer plan was, and in his mind, Kirk was never it, and and it's why I will, to my dying day, say Sheldon Richardson was in that building at the same time as Kirk because they had to get Zim a shiny toy. Yeah. They had to get Zim some type of toy. Oh, man, three to And he, he was good. Yeah, he but was good. they had to get Mike something else to get his attention off the fact that they were about to make a multi-million dollar guaranteed investment in a quarterback that I don't think Mike ever wanted. And to this day, I don't think he's pleased about this. Other things the Vikings should have taken notes on. Was Taylor Heineke the one that got away? The backup, the developmental guy that got away? Taylor Heineke came out. Oh, okay, couple things on screwed, this, too. He screwed me. What do you mean? I picked him as my, in the. Oh, Mr. Mankato. Mr. Mankato. It was Joel Stave, Heineke, <laughs> and there was a third guy coupled with them. And then that SOB showed up That's with right. a walking boot on his foot. He, like, drunkenly, like, kicked glass in or something. Didn't he? No, he claimed he wasn't drunk when he did it, uh, although I would say that you're probably right. It's actually even more of a judgment question if you weren't drunk yes, and I, kicked that glass in. What are you, why are you <laughs> kicking anything in if you're uh, supposed to be battling for a quarterback job? But he came in, his second career NFL start. There was, you know, Washington was down to, like, their fourth option at quarterback. Uh, at one point, he screwed up his shoulder or ribs or something, and so he was playing with one arm, and he, and he, and he was mobile. He made big-time throws. He kept a, a big-time underdog team in it. People did a comb through his Twitter account that I think he since deleted and saw some things that they didn't like politically, and yeah. so that kind of put a damper on it for some people. But, um, yes. but like Taylor Heineke, I think taking notes on him, whether you're the Vikings or the rest of the league, he might have made himself millions as a backup quarterback or maybe even a guy that can compete for a starting job going into next year as a free agent. So that was interesting. So uh, well, The one that got away for the Vikings. <laughs> I tweeted, uh, I think it was in the third quarter of that game, I tweeted about the, the, the fact that if he hadn't just kicked in the uh, w- window and I was just joking around, I, honest to God, you guys, got response after response after response, including one, including one very interesting what-if and I loved it. What if Heineke doesn't kick in 
the window, and he's the backup when Teddy's knee blows out. So that was that long ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and so if he's the backup when Teddy's knee blows out, you don't get Bradford. You start Taylor. You don't have a great year. And I believe that the next draft was the Mahomes-Watson-Trubisky yes. draft. It was. What if you struggle, get a high draft pick, and it didn't need to be the top pick. But would they have still, and wouldn't they have still traded for Bradford? Heineke, they, you know what? Sean Hill was incapable of playing. Like, he physically yeah. couldn't play. I don't know about that one. You could also make a point that, like, Heineke then, to you, to what you're saying, Heineke then would not have been able to do what he did now, like, four years. And yeah. And now he he's had time to, like, study he more scuffled, films. probably. Boy. But not been a disaster. See, the Vikings, always, they always find a way to go seven and nine, though, and, and <laughs> be out of the sweepstakes for those times. I'm just... I saw that and thought, wow, can you imagine? And with the ninth pick, the Vikings take Patrick Mahomes. Boy. Oh, my gosh. Come on. And then Mike Zimmer develops Patrick Mahomes the same way that Andy Reid did in Kansas City. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. With love and care for a quarterback. (laughs) Uh, Any other, before we get to mock draft Monday, any other things the Vikings should have taken notes on this weekend? Let me go through my notes real quick here. Uh, never punt and don't kick field goals. That's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the never punt thing two, now. Man. All right, let's go. God. Okay. Let's go mock draft. Uh, before, before we uh, fire the official sounder here, Mock Draft Monday is presented today by our friends at Corona. In fact, with all this football happening this month, Corona is getting you ready with the ultimate tailgate experience. Sweepstakes will award six winners with a Corona game day prize pack valued at over $3,500, including a 70-inch TV. Wireless sound system. Football furniture. Yes. That's right. Football Football. furniture. Yes. A grill from Corona, beanbag set, cooler, all kinds of stuff. A $3,500 prize pack. Details, rules, and entry at gamedaywithcorona.com. Gamedaywithcorona.com. Must be 21 or over. Live within a 40-mile radius of Minneapolis. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes subject to change. Enter by one 1821 again at gamedaywithcorona.com. Corona beers imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Relax responsibly. I want to mock. You guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. Let's fire up some music Five here. Point, you, 5.0? 5.0 from foxsports.com. Jason McIntyre? 5.0. I want to mock. Number one overall, predictably. Oh! Wow, next level, dude. Next That's level production, production right from there. Declan. Look at that. Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now things get interesting. Number two to the New York Jets. Quarterback, BYU. BYU kid. The BYU kid. Oh, we got a little Zach Wilson love. Zach Wilson. Going number three to the Miami Dolphins. Panay Sewell. I always butcher that name. Panay Sewell, from. uh, he's the offensive tackle from Oregon. To protect Deshaun Watson potentially as they're starting. So are there trades here or no? I don't think so, but I'll just kind of go through here. Okay, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'll go through some of the highlights. I'm, yeah, all in. Devonte Smith going sixth to the Eagles. They could use a weapon at wide that receiver. That would actually big time. be a nice yeah. upgrade for them. Lions taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver LSU at seven, and then Justin Fields falls to the Carolina Panthers at number eight. Oh, so that means Teddy Bridgewater Teddy. falls into a backup role. Teddy. Number nine, another quarterback, the fourth quarterback off the board in the top ten, Trey Lance to the Denver Broncos. 
That wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked at all if four quarterbacks go no. in the top ten. I wonder what the Broncos will, will do now that Elway's kicked himself upstairs and they're going to have a new GM. Yeah. Draft a quarterback, I guess. Yeah. And we're going to skip all the way down here to number fourteen, where the Minnesota Vikings, according to FoxSports.com, five point mock draft. Yeah. Right. Take edge rusher from Miami, yeah. Gregory Russo. I want a mock. Mock. The write-up is uh, very brief. Uh, it says, Mike Zimmer called the Vikings the worst defense he's ever had. That is the write-up. And so thus they would draft an edge rusher. So he had in 2000, uh, he opted out last year. So he hasn't played since 2019. Yep. And he had 15 and a half sacks in 2019. So he really is one of the best edge rushers in the draft. So if they could get him, Daniel Hunter back, or trade Daniel Hunter for picks or whatever that looks Where's like. Where's the closest defensive tackle draft-wise on that list? Do you see one? Because uh, I'm becoming more and more convinced that it's either going to be an edge rusher or a three technique. Ugh. So no defensive tackles Sorry, before I, I then. The least sexiest thing to ever draft. Offensive line is too. But guard is pretty pretty unsexy. I don't think, no. I don't think they're going to take. I don't think they're going <laughs> to take a guard first round unless there's just somebody unbelievable who's available. It looks like the first interior defensive lineman is. Christian Barmore from Alabama going to the Dolphins at 18. Okay. I think he's an interior defensive lineman. Okay. So uh, Rashad Bateman end. going 20th to the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. He, he might haunt the Vikings for a while if he goes 20th, depending on who his quarterback not, is. Yeah, not if, if it's Trubisky, Trubisky he'll just be haunted by the fact his pro career sucks. Yeah. So that is, uh, that is your mock draft Monday here on Purple Daily. Good stuff, boys. Nice work, Dex. Our How to Fix the Vikings series shake continues. Shake off those drinks tomorrow. And do some production there. That was yeah, a big exactly. job. I do have to shake. It's been two days. So yeah, yeah. I got yeah, be, be, be careful, baby. All right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple uh, Purple Rehab, Purple Daily Purple with Mackie and Judd and Declan. If you could please click subscribe on our YouTube channel, that would be helpful. And then you would get a ton of Vikings content in your feed. And also, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple. It helps spread the word about the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow.